1: Jesus himself said, Father, if there is any other way for man to be saved, then let's go with that. But he went to the cross, and that tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through him. Because Jesus said, if there's another way, well, Father, let's go with that. He didn't want to go to the cross because he understood the suffering and the agony and the pain that comes along with that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he did what, saints? Endure the cross. Oh, y'all not with me. He did what? Endure the cross. And what? Despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice he endured the cross, not enjoyed the cross. The joy was not in the dying. Are you listening? The joy was in the result of the dying. The joy was in what was accomplished by the dying. Somebody say amen. amen. He didn't enjoy the suffering. So when Jesus says my soul is troubled, he's sensing the suffering. Why? How? Because Jesus, listen, Jesus was a real person. And I think we forget that. Jesus was a real person. Are y'all listening to me or are you sleep? Jesus was a real person. He was 100% man and 100% God. He was totally human and totally divine. He felt everything that that, that, that took place on that cross. He felt every pain, every aching muscle, every torn piece of flesh, every thorn pierced his blessed brow. He felt every dislocation of every limb. He felt the suffocation, the gra- grasping for breath. He felt the flies, the dripping and dry blood that he couldn't wipe away. He felt the naked shame, the dried mouth, the lips that were cracked. He felt the parched throat. And beyond that, he felt the curse of sin upon himself for every single person in the entire world. And that includes you and that includes me. And for that, we ought to give God some praise and thank him. Because he paid a debt. He paid a debt he did not owe. And I owed a debt I could not pay. Am I right about it? Isaiah 53, 6, all oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So he took our debt. Stop and think about that for a minute. Jesus died for the whole world. Jesus didn't die for good folks. He didn't die because you're good. He didn't die because you're cute. You ain't that cute. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you ain't that cute. I'm actually feeling a little better right now. Maybe it's kicking in, I don't know. You ain't that cute. He didn't die because you were cute. He died because it was the only way that you could experience heaven. That you could have eternity. He died for that reason. He died for the sins of the world. He died for, think about this, he died for Adolf Hitler. He died for Osama bin Laden. He died for Joseph Mengele. Uh, you don't know who that is, do you? He was known as the angel of death in, in the Auschwitz uh, concentration camps. Every child pedophile, every prostitute, every pervert, every evil thought, every wrong thing ever done, the Father has laid upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. And God the Father will fire down all of his holy wrath on his son. Verse 27, Jesus knows it's coming. Look at verse 27 and 28 again. Jesus said, my soul is troubled. Father, save me from this hour. Before this purpose, I came into this hour. You see, he's struggling here. And write that in your margins. He's struggling. Jesus says, what should be my prayer at this point? I'm troubled about my death. What do I say to God? Father, save me from this hour. Is that what I say? No. This is the reason I've come. This is my purpose, which tells us Jesus willingly, voluntarily gave his life. He didn't have to. Again, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying. You know, the story is 600 soldiers come to arrest one man. That's another sermon. 600 soldiers come to arrest one man. Judas was with them, and Jesus said, friend? I find that fascinating. Jesus said, friend? He didn't say, hater. He didn't say, backstabber. He said, friend? He didn't say, you hater, you used to sop with me. We ate out of the same bowl, you... Benedict Arnold... <laughs> He didn't say that. He said, friend, he said, why have you come? And Peter drew his sword. You know the story. And Jesus said, put away your sword. And then Matthew 26, 53, write it down. Fascinating. Jesus said, or do you think that I cannot now pray to the father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus is saying, I don't have to die this death. If I ask my father, I'll have 12 legions of angels to come to my rescue now. Jesus could have saved himself and allowed the world to be damned. No, I'm not cussing. Damned is damned down there damned. <laughs> Amen. He's, I, this is going to be on the radio, so I got to make it clear, because some people are like, oh, my gosh, the pastor. was in the pulpit cussing. I ain't know. They... Calm down, all right? But instead... Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name. Jesus is saying, if in my death and my agony and my anguish, the curse of sin will be lifted off man, then Father, do it. You see, Jesus is totally into giving glory to God. And listen, the Father is totally into giving glory to Jesus. They both were preoccupied with giving glory to each other and still are. We call that the unity of the spirit. And you might ask, how does Jesus' death glorify God? Well, listen, Jesus' death glorifies God because through his death, we understand truth. Stay with me. Through his death, we understand righteousness, through his death, we understand fully the love of God. John chapter three, through his death, John chapter three becomes alive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, come on, say the rest with me, should not perish but have everlasting life. We understand that more fully because of his death. For God, Romans 5, 8, for God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We understand that better through his death. As a matter of fact, the greatest manifestation of God's love took place on the cross. The love of God was never more clear than on the cross. The grace of God was never clearer than on the cross. The satisfaction of the wrath of God is crystal clear because of the cross. The wisdom of God was never more clearer than on the cross. So when Jesus said, Father, glorify thy name, the King Jimmy says in verse 28, then a voice, But the King of Jimmy says, immediately a voice came from heaven. The new King Jimmy says, then a voice. King Jimmy says, immediately a voice. Don't you wish your prayers were answered that fast? A voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now listen, write this down. You got your pen? Write this down. This is the third audible divine testimony to Jesus as the son of God the third audible divine testimony from the father about Jesus as the son of God. First time at his baptism, the voice of the father thunders from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The second time we hear his voice again on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew seventeen five, as Peter, James, and John, I call them sleepy, grumpy, and dopey, are on the mountain and Jesus, those are my affectionate names, and Jesus begins to glow. You know the story, and Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, and this is the third time the Father is speaking from heaven and talking about the cross and the death that Jesus would die. And God said, I've glorified your name and will glorify it again. Now, what does that mean? Well, listen, God had glorified Jesus' name his whole life. Think about that. Miracle after miracle after miracle, God glorified Jesus. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus was glorified. His name was glorified with mighty signs and wonders. And and note, he will glorify Jesus' name again in the resurrection. Look at verse 29. The people heard it and they said, it sounded like thunder. They thought it was going to rain. Others said, no, it's an angel that spoke. And Jesus said, this voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. In other words, you didn't, Jesus didn't need to hear the audible voice of God. The disciples did because it would strengthen their faith, but Jesus didn't. God could have spoken to Jesus in his heart. The thundering voice of God was heard for the benefit of the disciples and not, and not the people there and not for Jesus. For the disciples and the people, not for Jesus. When God spoke audibly from heaven, he wanted to authenticate and validate his Son. Jesus was talking about his death and the father is putting his stamp of approval on it. Look at verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. The ruler of this world will be cast out. The word for world is the word cosmos. It's not the world that you see. It's talking about the world system, the way the world does things, the world system. The world system was judged by its treatment of Jesus at the cross. Did you know that? The world's system was judged by his treatment of Jesus at the cross. The cross not only judged the world's system, but it also defeated Satan. Someone once said, when heaven bleeds on the cross, hell is defeated by its own schemes. Maybe you're familiar with the five I wills of Satan in Isaiah 14, are you? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend into the heights. I'll be like the most high God. And then many years later, Ezekiel chapter 28, we hear God listing his five I wills. I will cast thee down. Don't you love that? Satan talking all this smack. God says, I will cast thee down, (laughs) right? I will destroy thee. And he goes on and on Ezekiel 28. Read it in your own time. About verse 14 tells us that Satan was the anointed cherub. Do you know that Satan was God's worship leader? He was the worship leader. He was the anointed cherub worship leader. So we learn that all the world's problems started with Pastor Matt Dalton. (laughs) The anointed anointed cherub. (laughs) It started with Satan, the anointed cherub worship leader. So when Satan sought to lift himself up, listen, against God, God cast him down. And Jesus is saying, listen, in some degree... When he dies on the cross, through his death, the ruler of this world will be cast down. The finished work on the cross conquered death and defeated sin. Are you listening? And declawed and defanged the devil. And all this will happen when Jesus dies on the cross and rises from the grave. And here's the best part. If you believe that, you can have your sins forgiven. Is that the best clapping y'all can do? Your sins can be forgiven. Talking about Satan being cast down, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. A war broke out in heaven. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Revelation chapter 20 also tells us he is cast into the bottomless pit and held there by a chain. Uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 tells us that also, Ultimately, Satan is going to be cast into the lake of fire with his angels. Listen, all that's to say, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. You know, so many people are afraid of, you know, there are people, Christians, and I I never understood this. There are Christians who are preoccupied with the devil. Thank you, brother. Because, because it's true, they're preoccupied with the devil. They're like, you know, oh, the devil did this, and the devil did that, and the, oh, the devil's all over me. How you doing? Oh, the devil's all over me. I got a cold. <laughs> you got a cold, so the devil's all over you. Is this is what you want me to believe? Oh, yes, the devil's behind every bush. It's like, come on, man. You give more. You give more glory to the devil than you do to Jesus. Okay, that's that's a problem. That is a problem. Okay. If you find yourself talking more about the devil than Jesus, you need to check in. A hospital. There's something wrong with you. I'm your pastor. I'm trying to help you. Okay, I'll leave y'all alone. Satan is defeated. Say amen. He's always been defeated and will always be defeated. One last thing. I'm waiting while you're clapping hands. Go ahead. You should. You absolutely should. One last thing before we move forward, I want you to look at verse 24 in verse 24. And if you're taking those, write this down. In verse 24, we saw the necessity of the cross. In verse 27, we see the anguish of the cross. In verse 28, the master principle of the cross. And in verse 32, we see the triumph of the cross, the necessity of the cross. The anguish of the cross, the master principle of the cross and the triumph of the cross. So as Jesus is preparing to go to the cross and the sin of the world is judged, the ruler of this world is ready to be cast out. Then Jesus said, look at verse 32. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. All peoples right in your margins means all humans. This he said, verse 33, talking about what death he should die, the crucifixion. Now, many people have misunderstood this lifting up of Jesus. And they say that if we just lift him up before people, God will draw men. They say if we Christians would just exalt Jesus, he'll draw everybody. Listen, that's not what this says, and that's not what this means. This means the drawing of men is without distinction and not without exception. Is, is is without distinction and not without deception, de- exception because later in the chapter, he talks about those who refuse salvation. He's saying through his death, all people all over the world will have the opportunity to, to accept salvation. Simple as this, anybody can come to Jesus. Amen. Anybody can come to Jesus. And that's the message of the entire Bible. If somebody asks you what the message of the entire Bible is, is anyone can be saved redemption is available to everyone that's the message of the entire bible the message of the world is go and do this and do that the message of religion is stop doing this and start doing that the christian in christ says come come to jesus everybody and anybody isaiah one god says to his people come now let us reason together without a distinction, all races, all colors, all creeds, all social status. Didn't Mark and Leilani say it? Uh, there's no, on the video, that I always say there's no black heaven, there's no white heaven, there's no Asian heaven. There is one heaven, and that heaven is filled with people who love Jesus, and I don't care what color you are or what race you are. And if, and if you don't, and if you don't, and y'all know I keep it 100, so let me just say this, and I'm going to surgery. All right, all right, let me just, (laughs) let me just say this. If you can't get along with another race of people here on this earth, you are going to hate heaven. All right, if you don't like black people on this earth, you are going to hate heaven. And if you don't like black people on the earth, I will bother you in heaven. (laughs) I will hunt you down everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, I'll be standing by you, hey, hey. how you doing? You might not recognize me because I probably have a big afro because I, I, I because I believe that if I ask the Lord for what I want, I'm gonna get it, and I want an Afro. That's all I want. I ain't asking for much. I ain't going to hear plugs for men. I want an Afro. I'm going to go and ask the Lord to give me an afro. because God's going to give me an afro, and I'm going to put a big old pick in the back like this here. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Y'all ain't going to recognize me, but I'm going to be bothering you. If you don't like black folks, I'm going to bother you. And if you don't like white folks, you're going to hate heaven, because heaven is made of every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people who love Jesus, period. That's heaven, that, that's heaven. That's where we're going and we need to learn how to live together here on earth so that we can enjoy, really fully enjoy heaven together as brothers and sisters in heaven. All races, all creeds, all social status, any man, woman, boy, girl, anywhere can come to Jesus. When Jesus is lifted up on the cross, whosoever, anybody, no matter how big a sinner, little a sinner, black a sinner, white a sinner, Blue-collar sinner, uh, white-collar sinner, anybody can come to heaven. Finally, point number three, and finally, the need is urgent in verse 35 and 36. Let's read it again. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk, Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Does that make sense? While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. So the people said, we heard from the law that Christ remains forever. How can you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is the son of man? And Jesus said, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have light. Let's darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. And again, this is the last call that Jesus ever gave to Israel. Now, of course, Jesus, when he's talking about the light, he's talking about himself. So I, I get the impression that Jesus is standing there. I, I, I suppose uh, Jesus is standing there and saying, while you have the light with you. Remember, he said, I am the light. OK, I, while you have the light with you, walk in the light. Receive me, accept me as your Messiah. Because if you don't walk in the light, then you'll be walking in darkness. Now listen, this is somewhat of an idiom. An idiom is I-D-O-M, I-D-O-M. An idiom is, is like, like, like uh, something that is uh, culturally understood with, with, within a cultural context, but Jesus takes it and, and makes spiritual application. That's called an idiom. So this is somewhat of an idiom because in those days, people when they walked, they walked in the day, and they traveled by walking because they didn't have cars. So they traveled by walking and they walked during the day. They did not walk during the night because they didn't have street lights. So people didn't walk at nighttime. They walked during the day. So Jesus says, Walk in the light, lest you walk in darkness and not know where you're going. You get me? I am the light of the world, Jesus says. So he's telling them to walk in him. Jesus says, while you have that light, believe in that light that you might become the sons of God. Real simple, Saints, and I'm done. Believe on Jesus while the light is there and become the son of God because it won't last forever. Again, I said it in my opening statement, did I not? That God's spirit will not always strive with man. By the way, that's Genesis 6. Three, God's spirit will not always strive with man. Answer the call when it's ringing. Accept him before it's too late. Because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. If you believe that, if you you believe in this Bible, then this Bible teaches that everybody needs Jesus. God loves you. God loves you. I love you. God loves you. God wants you to be saved. God wants you to be blessed. Don't don't be hard-hearted. Don't be disobedient, stiff-necked, and rebellious. Are you saved? Do you know you're going to heaven? Really? Do you know you're going to heaven? You know what gives me a really quiet confidence? I'm going into surgery. Anything can happen in surgery. You know how that is. Anything can happen in surgery. But for me there's a quiet confidence, I don't really care what happens in surgery. Because I would feel more for my family than I would for myself, but they should understand that should something happen, I'm in the presence of the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Because I know, I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm going to heaven, why? Because I've been walking in the light. And I'm going to heaven, I'm gonna be with Jesus. How about you, do you know that? Are you going to heaven, do you know Jesus? Are you saved? Hey, do you know him today? day? I'm not talking about did, did you know him. I'm talking about do you know him a day. And I'm not asking you, is your grandmother a preacher and your grandfather's an evangelist or vice versa or, or anything like that. I'm talking to you. Do you know Christ? Is he your Lord and Savior? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in him? Because if you are, then someday God's going to either come back for us or we'll take our last breath and spend eternity with Him. If you are not, then you will not. That's what the Bible says.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,